1: It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book, and I want to welcome you again to this week's broadcast of The Riches of Grace. This program is brought to you by Christian people that believe the Bible to be the Word of God and appreciate its power and authority. My name is Richard Jordan. It's my privilege to be your host and Bible teacher each week as we meet together here. Our goal in bringing this Bible study program to this radio station is to help you understand and enjoy God's Word. Because there's nothing ever be as exciting in your life as to have the Word of God work effectually in you that believe. I didn't say anything about religion. I didn't say anything about a denominational viewpoint. I didn't say anything about going to church and doing a bunch of rituals and rites and, and ceremonies and programs in a church building. I'm talking about the life of Jesus Christ, the life of the Creator of heaven and earth, living in your understanding, in your life, in your heart, living in you. And having that truth of God's life, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. The way God works is through his word. You remember in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And what did he do? And he said, you see, when the Spirit of God wants to work, he doesn't send a... You know, a chill down your spine, and make all the hair on your neck stand up and you go, whoo, shout and run around Nile. He doesn't put you into some contemplative state and run you off to a cave in the mountains to look at a wall. He doesn't do all the things that people, religion, encourage us to do. He doesn't say, get into a mindless state and meditate on nothing. You know, that's impossible. Did you know that? <laughs> Try it sometime. Your mind is not made to think of but of one thing of, of but one thing at a time, but it's made to think, and uh, you, you, you people say, well, we will find God that no no no, you will not find anything that way when you don't think of anything, you know what you're thinking of that's right, nothing you see God's word is designed to be the God speaks God and when he spoke he wrote it in a book, and that's what the Bible is. the Bible is given by inspiration of God, God's spirit put down words on a piece of paper, preserved them through history, they've been translated into our language, and when you read your Bible in your language, you don't have to forget about the original language that it was given, and you don't read them. You know, people say, well, you know, we got to read Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic in order to understand the Word of God. That's the crowd that wants you to go to the preacher or the priest in order to get to God. God never was that way. Paul says this, this information has been made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. The, the commandment of God our Savior is that this be made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. If it's going to be made known to all nations, what does that tell you? It tells you it's got to be translated, because all the nations speak different languages. God made sure of that in Genesis 11. You remember that verse in Zechariah chapter 8, perhaps, where uh, when he talks about the, the, uh, the kingdom reign of Christ in the earth— he says, "The ten men out of all languages of the nation shall come and take hold of the skirt of him that's a Jew and say, We'll go with you because we've heard God is with you. Teach us. Ten different languages the guy's gonna have to be able to speak. Ten different language groups come to him. That's why, by the way, in Acts chapter two, God gave the little flock there, gave the nation Israel there, the the gift of speaking in tongues. Tongue-talking in the Bible is not something that's given for you to go have a hoot nanny with and just have some, you know, some exciting kind of th- time. That's all religion. That's all the perversion of what God's Word has said, and is taking it and putting it into a religious context where your denomination or your religion is using it to make a living for itself and get an identity for itself and give you a good time without really dealing with the truth of what God says. That's why Paul says... I speak in tongues more than you all, but I'd rather speak. I'd rather speak five words that can be understood than ten thousand words in tongues. Well, you got a book you can understand. What you need to do is get in that book. By the way, you want five words you can understand. Christ died for our sins. Knowing that, believing that, trusting that, is worth far more than all of the unknown talking all the unknown tongue-talking you or anybody you think—anyone uh, else you think about does. Because all that stuff's just gibberish. You don't know whether you're blessing or cursing. But when you say, Christ died for our sins, that's five words. Paul said, I'd rather speak five words that people understand. That's what you ought to be preaching. And, you know, if you preach that— What happens is all that other stuff goes away. It's amazing. Why? Because the Word of God works effectually in you. God's Spirit works through His Word. And when you take that Word and you rest on that Word, it gives stability in your inner man. It gives stability in your heart. That's what God's design for believers is, is that we stand in His Word. He told Israel, Isaiah 33, 6, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and strength of thy salvation. You know where the strength of your salvation is, you know where the power, the, the excellency of the work and the power of God in your salvation is. It's in the wisdom and knowledge that you get out of his word. In Christ you hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That wisdom and knowledge is revealed in his word. That's why. Jesus Christ is called the Word of God, the Living Word, with a capital W. That's His name, and His the book, the Bible, is called the Word of God, the Written Word of God. And you get in contact with you know the mind of the Living Word by reading His Written Word. That's why, by the way, this is a Bible study program. Our 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 purpose here is to try to help you to understand God's Word, so that the Spirit of God can work effectually in you that believe. Now, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, if you don't know for sure you have eternal life as a present possession, if you don't know for sure that all of your sins are forgiven and that you have a home in heaven, then you can know that simply by believing that Christ died for your sins, was buried, and was raised again for your justification. In other words, Jesus Christ died to pay for everything that's wrong with you. If he, If God gave his son, delivered him up for you to pay for all of your offenses, then you know that, well, if it took him to do it, you can't do it. So when you say, I can't, but I'll trust what you did, then you realize that God made him to be sin for you. He took your sin, your guilt, your shame, your punishment on his soul. And the Bible says he, that he made his soul an offering for our sins. Peter says he died the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Paul said Christ died for our sins. God made him to be sin for us. Why did he do that? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, the cross work puts away sin. The resurrection gives us life in its place. So when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ to be the Savior, he died and rose again for you to be, that instant there's a spiritual transaction where God takes you into his family you're born of God. You have God's life implanted in you. You're taken out of all of your old self, out of Adam and all of your resources, put into Christ, and you're made a new creature. If you man being Christ, is a new creature. Then once you're saved, you notice I didn't say anything about tithing. I didn't say anything about going to church. The Bible didn't say anything about keeping commandments and rites and rituals and ceremonies and getting this one right and that one right and not, not wrong over there not talking about anything you do because everything you do comes short. It's talking about what Christ did for you. It's not your obedience, it's his obedience. And he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And God commended his love toward us in that while yet we were sinners, we were yet sinners, we weren't trying to fix it. We weren't trying to make it better. We were going on in our own willful, sinful way. Christ died for us. You see, God took the first step. He paid for your sins at Calvary. That's what the cross is about. And when he did that, he demonstrates, that's how much I love you. And when you trust him, you can trust him to do what Jesus Christ died to do, and that is to save you. You've never done that. You you, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to move a muscle. You don't have to pray. You don't have to tell anybody. God looks at your heart and wants to see your faith, making the choice— once and for all, to rely exclusively on the Lord Jesus Christ. The moment you do that, he'll give you his life, forgive you your sins, put you in his Son, make you accepted in the Beloved One, and it's good to be beloved. It's good to be loved that way. Well, that's what it is to be a a, a Christian, a believer, someone who is in Christ. That's a divine transaction. God takes you and puts you in his Son. But when he does that, then he puts his Son in us. He puts his life in us. And as believers, his word now that's in us is designed to work through us as we trust it. So when you look around you at the world today, that that, that word working in you is designed to be the strength of our salvation. That's where the inner fortitude to live day by day in a way that honors God comes from. And it's also designed to impact those that are around us. You know, good. You you know yourself that the way you live uh, has an impact upon people that are around you, and that's why he says that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. When I read that verse, I think, boy, you know, we live in a messed up world. <laughs> the world we live in today is is in a mess. Uh, I talked to you about that last week. Today, I want to talk to you about how we got into that mess. You know, you look around the world. The psalmist says, "What shall the righteous If the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do?" For a long time, uh, we've watched our world sort of drifting along, but now the drift is over, and you're watching it disintegrate. When a culture, the institutions of a, of a culture. Your, your government, the legislative, executive, and judicial branches of your government—that's what a government's made up of—can't come to a simple conclusion as to what marriage is, for example. And they're unable to identify scripturally what marriage is. You know that something, something's not just drifting. Something has collapsed. The building has fallen. And you're watching it just collapse around you when the culture can't make Isaiah told Israel before the nation Israel went into Babylonian captivity he says, "Woe to you that call evil good and good evil now that's what's going that that's you you see that a nation is is is, is gone you see it all all around us today, and can I tell you it's not just America? I get so fascinated. People say, "Well, in this country, this thing is wrong, and that thing." Is Dude, it's that way everywhere. In fact, every evil you look at in our country is magnified multiple times over in other, in, in almost every other country on the face of the earth. America has been the shining city on a hill that uh, Reagan talked about. He got that from somebody else, but he made it a popular in the twenty-first, the twentieth century. America's been that shining beacon of, uh, of, well, of liberty, but of luxury and prosperity to the whole world. And we've been that way because, well, we've had those things. But can I tell you that the whole world, every evil you see in America, every detrimental thing you, you see in America that people cry out about as though it isn't true anywhere else, I've been around the world. I've preached on many continents in this world, outside of America, and I can tell you, America is just going the way of the, the way of all flesh. It's this way everywhere. In fact, as bad as it gets here, you go into almost any other place, and it's worse there. So don't wring your hands about America. Just to understand it's mankind that's in the mess. Well, how did we get that way? Well, can I tell you that as believers— we're living in a cultural revolution where you and I as believers, as Bible-believing Christians—I didn't say Christians, had Bible-believing Christians—people want to order our steps according to what God's Word says. It's coming shortly—in fact, it's here now—when we literally are going to have to go underground. If you went back to Paul's day, you would discover that in the first three centuries of the, of, uh, of Christianity in, in the era of the Apostle Paul in the first three centuries, the church, the body of Christ, basically was underground. It was an, an illegal religion, according to the Roman government. And you, there are many places in, in the world today, uh, for one reason or another, some political, some religious, that Bible believers are um, underground have to be underground, because the government and the religions of those countries won't let them have a public witness. That's coming for you and me. That's at our doorsteps today. But that's nothing new. I, when I say that to you, I'm, I'm not trying to just dredge up, you know, uh, fear and and so I, I want you to understand. There's nothing new about this. What's new? What's unusual, what's almost unheard of, is what America has had for the last three hundred years. The United States of America is is a is is an oddity in human history. The things that we've enjoyed that were the fruit of the Protestant Reformation coming to America and, and, and all the, the geopolitical things involved in that, that is a is an odd thing in human history, not the standard. The reason we're in the mess we're in Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is very clear. You need to listen to this. Romans chapter 1, when Paul begins to describe the message that Christ is committed for him to preach, he starts out with 64 verses of bad news. And the bad news, that is that, you know, when he says Christ died for our sins, sometimes you hear people say, well, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the gospel, but that's not exactly true. It's that Christ died for our sins. Why did he die? He died because you're a sinner. You see, he died for your sins, and he did it according to the Scriptures, Romans chapter one, verse eighteen. For the for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth of God, in unrighteousness. Now here's some people. Here here's why God's wrath is revealed, because mankind held the truth in unrighteousness. So, first of all, you held the truth, verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, notice you start out with the knowledge of God, every person Listening to my voice, every person that you've ever met, every person that's ever been born on this planet, from Adam till now, that has the ability to think and reason for themselves knows and knew there was a God. That's Richard Dawkins, that's Christopher Hitchens, that's any popular atheist, you know, you can go go back. They all start out knowing this. Then they take that truth of knowing there's a God. Every man knows two things. You know there's a God, and you know you're going to face him in judgment. You know his eternal power and his Godhead. God put that knowledge in the way he built you. Then he made a creation around you that stirs up that knowledge and causes you to have that that conscience that he put into you, that God consciousness, to be stirred up. You have that knowledge. The problem isn't that you had that you didn't know God, the problem is they did know God. And what they do, verse twenty-one, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? You ever watch someone sit at a meal and just start gobbling it down and never say thank you? <laughs> you know, when I was raised as a child and I raised my children, we would stop before a meal and, and give thanks. Some people said we say grace. We didn't say some you know, bless the meat, damn the skin, back ears, and cram it in kind of thing. We didn't say, you know, God is good, God is great. Us, no, you know, like, we weren't, we, 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 pray, we didn't. Prayer is not just reciting things. Prayer is talking to God, and we would just stop and say, "Thank you." First Timothy four, Paul says, everything is, is good for you to eat if it's received with thanksgiving. They didn't. They weren't. They weren't thankful. They wanted to be their own god. Well, how did they do that? but became vain in their imaginations. Vanity is worthless, empty in their imaginations. You begin to think up things in your head. Now, what do you do? You reject God's revelation. And when you reject God's revelation, you begin to develop your own wise plan to get rid of God and put yourself in his place. And their their foolish heart was darkened. You became ignorant, darkened. Paul tells the people in Athens in Acts 17, uh, I perceive that you're too superstitious. Him, this God that you ignorantly worship, he called him a bunch of ignoramus, superstitious ignoramuses. <laughs> that's what people, when you reject the revelation from God, that's what you become, professing themselves to be wise. They see what they can do. They manipulate creation and say, look how smart we are. They became fools because they didn't really have any answer. Verse 25 says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. See the problem? The problem is that people didn't want God to be God. They wanted to be God themselves. Now, you know, there's the, the, you know the joke, perhaps. You want to be God? Well, <laughs> go create your own dirt. Go create your own air. You know, be God, you know, just step right over there, create your universe, step into it, and be God. You say, Brother Rick, I can't do that. Well, then you can't be God, because you aren't God. You aren't the creator. He is. But our sinful nature doesn't want that. A middle letter of the word sin. Yeah, that's the problem. It's the same letter that's the middle letter of the word pride, by the way. That's our problem. Proverbs 18, he says, through desire... A man having separated himself seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. We go out here and we look for all the, we look for knowledge and wisdom everywhere except in God's word. Think about that. Where do you try to solve the problems of life? Do you go to the Scripture and look into God's word, or do you go to somebody else like you, psychology, emotions? Addiction, you know, physical, alcohol, drugs, grandma. I mean, where do you go? Religion? They intermeddle with all wisdom. A fool hath no delight in understanding. The entrance of thy word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. They don't go to the word of God. Why? But that his heart may discover itself. You know how people turn away from the word of God? because they want to do what they want to do. They don't want to submit themselves to God's Word. You know how you get in the mess you're in? You know how the world got got, got in the mess it's in? Well, that's how. Verse, Romans 1, verse 28. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. they don't. I don't want to think about God. I don't want to hear about what God says. I'm not interested in that. God gave them up. To a, to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. Now listen, this is what happens. This is the kind of things that you can expect to fill a culture where God's truth is rejected. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters, despiteful, proud, boastful, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. That sound familiar? There's a world going amiss. Why? Because they didn't like to retain, they didn't want anything to do with God. They didn't want anything to do with His Word who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That's how we got into this mess, rejecting the truth of God's Word. Now, what Paul does when he says all that is he, he says, but I got an answer. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Because God, God sent his son to be the payment for our sins so that he could pay for what's wrong with us and then give us his life. That's why we have his word to tell us about that. And that's where it starts. The good news of God is he starts right where your problem is. He doesn't say, come on, climb up here to where I'm at. He says, I'll come where you are. I'll solve your problem, and then I'll put you where I, where I am. You see, salvation whether it's to obtain it or to live it. it, has nothing to do with you climbing a ladder to get to God. It has to do with you trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the ladder for you. Let me let me offer you, I look at the clock and the time's almost gone. Let me offer you a Bible study resource that can go over this. I, I long to talk to you about the good stuff, not the bad stuff. The, 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 the Bible study resource is entitled God's, grace factory. It'll explain to you how the grace of God has designed to take lost, broken sinners, separated from Him, didn't like to retain Him in their knowledge, taken us out of our mess, and made us trophies of His grace. And He did it for us through the crosswork of Christ. God's grace factory. It'll work you through the process of becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. You call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And I'll see that you get a free copy of this Bible study resource, God's Grace Factory. By the way, you can have it in CD form or DVD either way. God's Grace Factory. Our toll-free number, 888-535-2300, 888-535-2300. It's a toll-free number, toll-free call. I'll pay for the call. I'll pay for the uh, the, the Bible study resource, and I'll, I'll even pay the shipping to get it to you. We're not trying to get your money, trying to get you to join something. We just want to see some truth that will change your life. That number, again, is 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. You can also look us up on the Internet at graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org. That's how you can check us out. You can uh, see who we are, what we're about. And most importantly, you can access a a host of free Bible study material designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. That's graceimpact.org. And by the way, you can access archives of this broadcast, of our daily Bible Time radio broadcast, as well as our weekly television program, Forgotten Truths, on the website. It's all there. All of this, along with written Bible studies, conference messages, everything is designed to help you to understand and enjoy the Bible. There's a lot of goodies uh, to help you at graceimpact.org. One thing when you're at the website you might look at is the information about Grace School of the Bible. That's our three-year Bible Institute program. If you've ever if you've ever desired to really, genuinely be a serious student of the Word of God, if you want to be a perfected saint who can do the work of the ministry, not just a ninety-day wonder, not just somebody that gets plugged into a job and they don't know what they're all about, but to have the Word of God work effectually in you because it's gotten a, it's it's gotten that that uh, uh, that you've got that edification process, that perfecting process of the Word done in your heart. If that's where your, your desire is, well, Grace School of the Bible is something you ought to consider, because it was designed just with you in mind. It's available on an extension basis, first of all. You don't have to come to us. We'll send the school to you, and you can, you can take the school in the con- context of your own scheduling demands, your own family, your own life, through the use of video. The key to the school, however, is not the delivery system. The key to the school is that the curriculum in the school is based on the design set forth by the Apostle Paul for the for the perfecting, for the maturing uh, of, of a believer. If a perfected saint is to do the work of the ministry, then you need to be a perfected saint. You're not going to become a perfected saint by being a 90-day wonder. You're not going to per- become a perfected saint by being... Trained in the denominational and religious system that, the, uh, that that men have developed, you need to follow the divine design set forth in Paul's epistles and the curriculum Grace School of the Bible uniquely follows that design. Check it out, GraceImpact.org. And my friend, can I tell you, if you're still not sure that you have eternal life as a present possession, that all of your sins are forgiven. If you're not confident of that, absolutely sure of that, why don't you call the uh, call our number 888-535-2300 and tell the folks that answer the phone that you need to know for sure. There's some folks that will sit with an open Bible and share with you the, the wonderful message of God's wonderful grace so that you can be confident that all of your sins are forgiven and that you have eternal life as a present possession. Everything starts right there in the Christian life, 888-535-2300. That's the number to call for information. Thanks for being with us today. It's always a joy to have you fellowship with us as we're here. Hope you're making it a habit to be with us each week. Tell tell a friend about the our, our study together and get them listening in will, with you, will you? And until we meet this same time next week right here,
0: Maranatha